Hi, and welcome back to another episode of Transcend the Podcast. This week, we have a little bit of a different guest for you because she is a business owner of a jewelry line, and instead of a service-based business, she has a product-based business. So I am excited to welcome my good friend, Candace Cox, to the podcast, the founder and creator and genius behind Candid Art Accessories. Let me tell you a little bit about what she has going on. Established in 2011, Candid Art is an artisanal jewelry, home decor, and kids' lifestyle brand influenced by the modern African diaspora and cosmic geometry. Every jewelry piece is handcrafted and is created for the fearless fashion enthusiast who desires to make a statement without saying a word. Candid Art, funky, urban chic designs have graced the pages of numerous publications such as Vogue, Essence Magazine, Forbes, Mother Magazine, Cosmopolitan, GQ, San Francisco Magazine, Bob Cut Magazine, and Rolling Stones Magazine, and have been worn by celebrities. In 2019, Canon Art expanded their design offerings to kids apparel and bedding. They promote self-expression, individuality, and sustainability through custom abstract designs and ethically sourced material. We are, or they use quilting as a way of storytelling because their jackets and quilts can be passed down from generation to generation. Now, listen real quick to a quick update about what we have going on in the Transcend community. And after that, I will bring you Candice. You're listening to the Transcend Podcast. I'm your host, Asha Wilkerson, an attorney by training and an educator at heart. This podcast is all about empowering you to build a business and leave a legacy. Here's the thing. The wealth gap in America is consistently increasing. And while full-time entrepreneurship is not for everyone, even a side hustle can change your financial landscape if you're intentional about using your business to build wealth. I've run my own law firm for over 10 years. And in that time, I've helped countless California businesses go from idea to six figures. On this podcast, we talk about what it truly takes to build a sustainable business and find financial freedom. Let's dive in. All right, welcome back to another episode of Chancing the Podcast. I am here with my friend Candace Cox, the owner and creator of Candid Art Accessories. Welcome, Candace. Hey, Asha, how are you? <laughs> I am good. I'm so excited because I, I just happened to put on my Candid Art uh, earrings this morning. And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I'm going to see cute. Candace. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they look cute too. So, you know. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. I mean, you have a hand in that as a designer, you know, of my style today. So, and I also decided to wear, um, our friend Baba has a, or had a clothing store. Oh, so, clothing, so, I'm like in local in local designers today as yes. I sit so we well welcome it. to the podcast we talked a little bit before Thank we started you. recording about like just feeling tired so how are you doing <laughs> I'm exhausted <laughs> <laughs> this is always a busy time of the year I mean it's great but it's busy you know like right now is when you're submitting your designs to stores they want to see your fall collection now um, a lot of stuff, it's Black History Month, so there's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, appreciation around, like, and showcasing Black designers. It's also Valentine's Day, so people are gifting, you know, for the Galentine, the boyfriend's mm-hmm. buying stuff for the girl. Right. So it's uh, it's just a really busy but a great month at the same time to kind of, like, because January is, like, your downtime, and then you could literally, February is, like, full speed ahead, so. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. Well, I hope you're able to find a little bit of rest. We were just talking about traveling, like 
take your vacations, go do what you yeah. need to do to, to rest and recharge because we love everything that you produce and we want to see it coming <laughs> for our own Thank selfish reasons. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I want you to be able to tell folks, like, how did you get started? Because I know that you started out in corporate before you turned into an entrepreneur and business owner. So what was that like? How did you get started? Absolutely. Um, I was in corporate for about seven years. And to be honest, I was just getting burnt out. So I literally, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I just knew this wasn't it for me. So I literally quit my job, um, moved to New York because New York was just calling me like, come, Uh come. So I went to New York, totally got to New York, was inspired by like the the vibrancy, the culture, everything about Brooklyn was just awesome. Mm -hmm. And it was just such a big appreciation for entrepreneurship and being a creator. And I've always been a creator, creative my entire life. So I was like, why not see what I can do? So Mm -hmm. I literally watched a YouTube video Learned how to make jewelry and the rest what? is history. <laughs> wow. And okay. the rest is history. That's amazing. So you so you essentially developed a skill so you could get some freedom as opposed to already kind of doing it as a hobby. And then- Absolutely. And I might have probably and I probably did it backwards. Like most people will like have their full-time job and then start their side hustle while mm-hmm. they're still working. And then that side hustle will, you know, if they really flourish in it, it'll turn into like a full-time gig. Versus for me, it was just I was burnt out and I just wanted to chill. And in order for me to create, I have to be in a in a space mm-hmm. of freedom and my mm-hmm. mind has to be completely free. And I think that's how I was able to develop my brand and really um, start building these pieces because I was legit just hanging out in New York and being inspired by all this creative culture. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Like I, I love that. Now I'm thinking of like, what can I learn? What other skill could I learn that like (laughs) will turn into something awesome? YouTube university, YouTube university. That's all I got to say. (laughs) That's what they say. One of my friends sends me YouTube videos all the time. She's like, I know you're not going to watch this. I'm like, yes, you're right. Cause I hate watching videos, but (laughs) maybe I will turn that around since the university is free. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. So, okay. So then you, you learned how to make jewelry and then like, what was your next step? How did you put it out there and yeah. let the world so know? Then I, so I knew about um, a website called Etsy. Etsy's great for makers just starting out and not even just starting out. Like as you grow, you can grow on Etsy as well, mm-hmm. but I didn't have my own personal website yet. So with Etsy, you can easily create, upload your items and then just create like a brand page really quickly. Uh-huh. And then you pay per like item. So it's a really great payment plan. Um, and so that's how I started. And then eventually I ended up doing my own website and then I just, started marketing kind of like guerrilla style and uh-huh. word of mouth. So literally a lot of word of mouth. It started off with friends and family supporting my business. And then the word started spreading. And then yeah. for me, it kind of happened quickly in New York. Um, I created like very bold, dramatic body chains when I first mm-hmm. started designing and dramatic feather earrings. And a designer saw my work and he had a show for New York Fashion Week. And then he asked if I could provide the jewelry for his show. So that wow. kind of kicked off my introduction to stylists, celebrity stylists and um and various celebrities, like people wanting to wear my jewelry. Uh-huh. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is cool. But I really didn't know how to um, leverage that resource at the uh-huh. time um, because I was so new. I was just excited to kind of get this publicity, but really it wasn't necessarily turning into a lot of sales. It was more mm-hmm. like, okay, you have press, but how are you going to generate yourselves? Yeah. Um, and so it was just, just doing more research in my industry And I found out the power of trade shows. So for Mm -hmm. anybody having a product, 
anybody has a product-based business, you should always find out what the trade show is for your industry because mm -hmm. the trade show exposes you to hundreds of retailers that are looking to bring products into their stores. So that kind of really, but like kind of kicked off my launch of like getting into more wholesale accounts. I got the Smithsonian, the mm -hmm. National the um, National Museum of African American History. That was a big deal for me. Um, just round of applause just, for that real quick. I mean, that's like yeah. so dope because you were there as soon as it opened. Yeah, they approached me a year before they opened, literally. So in 2016, when they opened, yay, Candid Art was in the building. Hey. <laughs> and so it was awesome, like having people from around like the United States and the world, like wearing my jewelry and tagging me and stuff like that. So yeah, I started doing trade shows and then my business started growing the wholesale and then the retail. What I started coming back. So I was in New York and then I started coming back to the Bay Area where I'm mm -hmm. from, Oakland, A Oakland. And so <laughs> uh, I realized the support for local makers was major in the Bay Area. Right. And every time I was doing shows, I was like, wow, I'm making so much more money here than I am in New York. And so for me, and then my family's here, so it made sense for me to move back to the Bay mm -hmm. Area, to Oakland. Um, and that's where my business really started thriving in terms of like, I just was doing, you know, you gotta do, you gotta grind. Like starting right. off, I was doing all the shows. Like right. First Fridays was popping. Um, like First Fridays was like my, my main go-to. And then mm -hmm. whenever you could pop up by the lake, if you wanted for free, it was first come first serve. So mm -hmm. it was like finding out all these different places where I could literally pop up and showcase my jewelry and get my brand out into the world. And yeah. so I kind of did it in a way that had I had like a mentor or had more research, I probably would have went harder on the on the wholesale side initially, mm -hmm. which would have probably got my brand to a broader audience. But like I said, I did a guerrilla style. Like it was yeah. just me <laughs> marketing my brand, meeting all yeah. these beautiful people, which eventually started building up a strong customer base here right. in the Bay Area, which, you know, started getting to the point where it was like, I don't have to do as many shows as I mm -hmm. used to because now I put in all the work and the hustle by doing these right. shows and building your customer base because that's important. And, and it's important to have like a loyal, like like definitely like show appreciation to your loyal customers, mm -hmm. whether that's through a discount or some type of offering because loyalty is everything. And my customer retention rate is very high mm -hmm. uh, for my business. So. Right, right. Meaning that we want to keep buying because we love what you're doing. Right. <laughs> we love the jewelry. And how, yeah. how, what you're doing and then how are you retreated in the experience of doing it? Like it's yeah. all of that. As a, as a business, you don't just, and I learned that from my corporate experience because I used to manage like casinos, Indian gaming casinos. It was all mm -hmm. built on relationships. Mm -hmm. So relationships is very key to like growing your business organically. Yeah, absolutely. So I just want to touch a little bit more on like just the guerrilla style marketing, right? Because I think oftentimes, especially when we see things on social media, we don't have an appreciation for the hustle that it takes and not that it means I mean, I'm sure you were exhausted as you were doing this. Not that it means that you have to be exhausted, but like you have to oftentimes physically put yourself in front of somebody, right? Not just Legit. like, hey, go to my website, but like you were out there every first Friday. I remember stopping by the table. Right? <laughs> I remember like first Saturdays, you'd be at the shows in San Francisco. Like you were all over I the place. Yeah, I would even like go, like even for wholesale accounts, I would literally walk into boutiques like, hi, I'm Candace. I would love to have my jewelry here. Mind you, we didn't have Instagram when I was, when I started my business. There wasn't, mm -hmm. there wasn't no whole big push on, there was no Instagram. What, what right. did Insta I, I don't even remember the year when Instagram came, but 
people weren't selling on Instagram like they are now. Like I was mm-hmm. like, these entrepreneurs, these new, these new entrepreneurs got a name. Y'all spoiled. Cause y'all really <laughs> could like, you can grow really quickly on social right. media, like versus we, it was definitely a slower growth process when I started. And it took mm-hmm. a lot of footwork. Like you said, like we went into stores, like I would literally go in and introduce myself and it was nerve wracking and it was mm-hmm. called cold. It's, it's called cold calling. Basically you right. go in, you don't, you don't know the person. You're just like, Hey, this is me. And I was getting accounts that way mm-hmm. um, on top of like being in front of people like doing, and you have to stay on top of shows and you have to network with other right. fellow entrepreneurs as well to find out which shows are they doing. Like we all were sharing resources with each other. So yeah. like, it was a straight up hustle. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's easy. important. Like you ne- talking about networking with other folks who are also doing similar things, maybe not the exact same product, or even if they are also jewelry designers, your jewelry looks different than everybody else's. Right. So thinking about right. folks, instead of being your competition per se, but like, adding to your network like the community is so so important so important. absolutely absolutely yeah. community is everything yeah so okay so when you would cold call and walk into someone's retail establishment you know how many like did you bring samples I don't know if you have samples yeah. for jewelry but like, was, what did you do what was that conversation like yeah, I would have a line sheet created. So a line mm-hmm. sheet basically is what you give retailers. It has your item. It has a picture of your item and like the specifications, details of your item and the okay. wholesale price. I would have a line sheet printed in hand and samples in my pocket in little bags. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, yep. and if they have time, because some you get, you do get a lot of no's. Let's not get it twisted. Right. Like I walk in, they're like, yeah, we can't meet right now, but you can email me and schedule or, oh, we're not interested. Oh, I don't know if that jewelry fits our aesthetic. So you have to go into a lot of stores, but when you mm-hmm. get that, oh my God, yeah, I'm interested. Even if you just showed a couple samples that, that entices their interest. So then right. that would, that would be um, a great starting point for a callback for you yeah. to have like a real, like more of a formal presentation in terms mm-hmm. of what you can bring to the table. Yeah. Um. So that's what it was in the, a lot in the beginning. And then there, I noticed there started to be sites that had wholesale platforms so like one in particular is called fair it's a really good one so it gets you in front of you don't have to do all that (laughs) it's no longer the day of walking into a store like Uh you literally can just post your jewelry on this wholesale site and and stores they'll just place an order like you don't even have to talk to them legit Mm -hmm. they they like your stuff they're like okay i want to order this this and that and so it's awesome like how it how it's changed from where right. it was when I was, when I started and how I was right. <laughs> <laughs> we, we sound like we've been doing this for like decades, right? Like back, back in my day. <laughs> it has been over a decade. It has been. And like legit. Day. It has. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, mama, 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 a little season in this game. <laughs> okay. Okay. Absolutely. And then I also just want to touch back on like, you know, not everyone's a yes, right? Like you go in and you meet people. Um, how did you prime yourself to deal with rejection? Because, you know, just in life in general, it sucks to be rejected, but we're rejected all the time. And right. oftentimes in business, because it's an extension of ourselves, if we're entrepreneurs, it can feel so defeating, but It doesn't have to be. So how did you move through that? Yeah, I would definitely say my my corporate experience definitely prepared me for that because mm-hmm. I I know like even for example when I worked for my the company it's like you're presenting a product and yeah I would get a lot of no's then so for me handling rejection wasn't really a big deal but I know for some people you really have to self motivate and know that okay they said no but this customer will, may say yes so right. it's almost like you got to psych yourself up and you have to be self motivating being mm-hmm. an entrepreneur 
is a lonely business. I'm not going to like, you know, you build your team, but it could be a very lonely business at the end of the day. And you have to self-motivate yourself. Like it's okay. Like, like, and I'm an Aries. So, you know, we, we, we made it a little different. Like I don't, I don't don't get to I'm a Libra. We're the opposites. I mean, same air signs, but uh, you know, similar. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Very similar though still. And like, so things, I don't, I don't get defeated easily, I guess you could say. So like hearing a no was like, okay, that's cool. And you can't, you don't want to take it personal because it's just like, maybe your jewelry or your piece wasn't the right fit for that store. It's okay. Because there's hundreds of other stores where your piece could be a good fit. So that was always like, I always had like a positive and optimistic outlook on it, to be honest. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, that's cool. You guys don't want it. And so when you move like that, people feel that energy because if you Mm -hmm. come in defeated, they're already looking like you're walking like, oh, well, could you look at my jewelry? It's like, no, get it together. (laughs) I come in, hi, I'm Candice. Like you got to bring that energy. And sometimes people just do it just because they like, like they like your energy. Like it's not Mm -hmm. even necessarily your product. I'm hearing that more and more. Like you just, you just give off good vibes. Like I want to see what you got going on. I'm like, really? You can feel these vibes? (laughs) Yeah. No, people feel it. People feel it. And good vibes are essential to like, developing those relationships and getting people to like test out your product. So mm-hmm. yeah, you just have to be, to me, it's like being self-motivated. You're going to hear a lot of no's and you just have to keep persevering because you're going to hear some yeses. It's going to happen. It's the right. balance of life. Yes right. and no, yes and no. Like it's going <laughs> to You're at 100% right about that. What about like for those folks who are like, just, you know, not quite confident that they can make it, you know, how long do you think someone should pursue their dreams and also like just the attitude about it. you said you got to walk into a place confident and, and portray that confidence even if you aren't feeling it inside but I, you know what if someone's like I really want to try this but I'm just not quite sure like do you have advice for that yeah. person who's on the fence yeah I would say even like seeking mentorship or advice from someone in the industry that's something I I kind of if I could go back I would have gotten more advice from mm-hmm. someone and then just so doing your research trying to find or even a relative or someone that that can like pump you up like mm-hmm. you know like some people mm-hmm. just bring you the good energy and they're gonna yes. pump you up Get around those people so that right. you don't have that defeatist attitude. And as far as like a time frame for pursuing your dream, I don't know. I don't feel like there is a time frame. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like I, there's people I know who started businesses at like 50 and you and they're dope. So it's right. kind of like you have to, I mean, you got to be realistic with yourself. Obviously, you don't, you don't want to like you quit your job and then your focus is one thing. If it's not working mm-hmm. out, you got to adjust. Like you got to mm-hmm. whether and and whether that's getting like for me, like it was getting others like part-time jobs to feed my my full-time business of running my business. Cause at the time yeah. I wasn't, when I started, I wasn't making a lot of money. So mm-hmm. I did get a couple of little part-time jobs here and there. Cause I was like, okay, this will pay rent mm-hmm. <laughs> and some mm-hmm. bills. And then I can just still kind of still continue to build my business until right. I get to the point where that is the sole business that I focus on. Right. So it's just, I, it's hard. It's like, it's like, and I know everyone's different people, you know, the imposter sy- syndrome is real. Like I, I, I get it. And it's hard because I didn't, I can't say I experienced that because I just, that's just not mm-hmm. how, how, how that, I roll. Like, you. <laughs> nah, <it> ain't, <laughs> I ain't trying to hear none of that. I'm like, yeah, we're, I'm going to get mine regardless. Right. So, but to be around someone else that's motivating, talk to other people where you see where they're at and you want to be, talk to them because that could be very motivating in terms of like uplifting your spirits. Like, okay, I can do this. Mm -hmm. So to me, it's just about getting a mentor, 
getting around positive people that can uplift your spirits, doing your research too, and like figuring out ways. Google is your friend. Like, right. what are other ways I can do to help expand my business? So, right. Oh, yeah. And I, mm-hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no. One more thing that I did too, which was very key to my business. I took a, like, I, I went from making like, like when I was like in my twenties, almost a six figure, like I thought that was a big deal. Almost like I was almost making six figures at corporate. And I literally took a 16 hour, a dollar an hour job after that for a jewelry company for not even a jewelry company for um, an actual, well, it's a jewelry, it's a studio. So uh-huh. for a studio in a co-working space, because I wanted access to the free jewelry classes to further my knowledge. So sometimes you had to even put yourself in the place. Like I literally was like, I will take this job just so I can have access not mm-hmm. only to the classes, but to the people who were teaching them. And mm-hmm. that's how I learned how to do metal work, which totally changed and flipped my business around when I learned how right. to do metal work. So yeah. sometimes you even got to like, like people like, I took a, like a lower paying job, like, and I, you know, in my 30, I was 30, mm-hmm. 31, but mm-hmm. I didn't care. Cause I knew I saw the big picture. I was like, this place is everything. And it's going to teach me all the skills I need to know in terms of like building my business and making more quality product. Yeah, no, I love that. It's putting yourself in the position to win, to get the knowledge, to get the skill, to get the networking. Right. And, and sometimes it's hard for me. It's hard for me to, take a quote unquote step backwards because I feel like I should be further ahead. Right. But sometimes you might have to do that unpaid or that lower paid, especially when you're, you're balancing the pros and cons like, okay, yeah, it might hurt my ego a little bit because it's $16 an hour or because I'm doing a free class. Right. But then the benefit is you get to learn some skills, you get a bigger audience, you know, you're in front of people you wouldn't normally be in front of. So Take that little tidbit with y'all listeners. (laughs) Yeah, it was legit a step back because I humbled myself. I was like, wait, hold up. (laughs) I just went from being a true boss. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like my job was this major company car and all this greatness. But Mm -hmm. I never, but you know what? I I can't even say I looked at it. Like it was like, I was so excited to be learning new skills that Mm -hmm. I knew was going to help me get me back to those six figures. So for me, it was always like, uh, it was all a part of the process. So yeah, I have to think about it like that. Yeah, absolutely. So how was it nerve wracking the first time you asked a customer to take a picture in your earrings or in your rings or in your necklaces? No. It wasn't because because I fed off energy. Granted, I come from a corporate sales background. So selling is kind of like my my strong. That's my strong Uh suit. So for me, Uh when when I see a customer or like I'd be like, oh, my God, can I get a picture of you? I can't explain it. It's like the law. It's like the the steps of selling that it's like almost mm-hmm. ingrained in my, like you, you compliment, you start with the compliments first. You got it. Uh-huh. It's a certain, you compliment first. Like, Oh my God, you look so cute. Boom. Oh my God. Can I get a picture? Right. Right. And you're going for the acts. Right. And you're going for the acts. You got to go in for the acts. It's, it's almost like, and I guess I applied that even when you're asking the store for their business, mm-hmm. like you got to know how to close. You got to know how to ask for the sale. And you mm-hmm. got to know how to act like, you know, cause some, and, there, and there are customers who will be like, nah, that's okay. Oh, okay. That's okay. Okay. Well, cool. Thank you anyways. And then later one customer came back, like, oh, you know what? Actually I do want to get the picture. Right. It's like, of course that was, those images were providing more content for me to have mm-hmm. imagery of different people wearing the actual jewelry, real women right. wearing the jewelry. Right. And everybody loves the color. Like, oh, you think I look cute? Okay. Take my picture. Right. Like, <laughs> it, it works for you and for them for sure. For sure. 
Yeah, there you go. Good, good guerrilla marketing tactic. Uh, you know, yeah. word of mouth is is definitely there. So, um, have there been any times when you had to pivot your business because the way that you were going either either wasn't work, I say working in quotes, but maybe wasn't giving you the results that you wanted or an avenue dried up and you had to make a different choice? Yeah, um, actually, yeah, absolutely. Like I definitely say with social media, like I'm not really a technology savvy person per se, but I realized I need to get, like, I need to have a presence on social media. Mm -hmm. So that was very new and an adjustment for me to really Mm -hmm. start kind of like posting pictures and stories and I'm still not great at it. Like, I don't really like it. You do a great job. Yeah. Oh, thank you. (laughs) But it's like you girl, but it's, it was like, that was a pivot and a shift. Cause now it was like, oh my God, everything is, you know, like Facebook was always there. Like, it's kind of like mm-hmm. there, but now it's like Instagram just kind of took things to another level. Mm-hmm. So that became a pivot in my business of like adjusting. Also when COVID hit, you know, that was an adjustment because all of a sudden like sales are coming in. It was like for that month, when was that? February. It was like, oh my God. In the beginning of March, I was like, I don't have any sales. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna, my business is going to go up, up under. And then for me, it was like, I knew that once I saw the face mask and I had just bought all this fabric for my kids mm-hmm. line, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to make face masks. And that literally pulled me all yeah. the way up, like into the, to the skies, like boom. And you, and you pivoted. And for a while, that was all I was selling. It was like straight up face masks. Like mm-hmm. I became a face mask business. Right. It wasn't even like jewelry. And then all of a sudden jewelry started getting sold again. Mm-hmm. Once this whole, you know, when everything happened and Black Lives Matter movement, all this stuff was going on. So then everybody, you know, George Floyd, and then mm-hmm. like this whole support of Black businesses. But I did have to pivot because I was just like, and even in my head, I was like, I'm about to go back to corporate. Like, I, mm-hmm. I was already like, yeah, no, I got to make it happen because I'm not going to have like no money coming in. Like, that's not right. Happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's good. Okay, so you started out with jewelry, and then now you have a kid. So then you had a daughter, who I'm assuming inspired your next line of items that have spun off of Candid Art. So what are those other um, kids' line of items that you have? Yeah, so I started off with baby quilts, um, and I wanted it to be my custom artwork. And so how it happened was I received a gift from my daughter um, from someone, and it was a custom quilt. And I was like... (laughs) (laughs) It was everything. It was everything I could imagine. So then from there, I was like, oh my God, I want bedding like this. It was Mm -hmm. an image of a black woman, like a silhouette profile of a black woman. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I have like different, like her head and big old hoop earrings. So it looked like Mm -hmm. like me. And so I was, I was like, oh my God, I want like this type of imagery on her bedding. Mm. And that literally sparked and was like, I'm going to do a kiss line. Like it wasn't like nothing is never planned. It was literally like and I started drawing out art sketches, creating then figuring out where can I get my stuff printed at? Mm-hmm. How can I get it on cotton fabric, sewers, boom, 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 boom. And then boom, in 2019, <laughs> I launched the quilt. And that was all I had at first was just the quilts. Then uh-huh. I did a trade show. I did an actual show of West Coast Crap and I saw this woman in a Mar Hoffman quilted jacket. And I was like, this is to die for. I'm like, I wanna make, and I was like, oh my God, I want to make this in kids. And literally that's how I started making my kids quilted jackets. And I wow. knew I wanted the imagery to be like faces of like little black girls, little black boys and various hairstyles. And that's how I started. And then I also knew I wanted to incorporate my love of geometric shapes or shapes mm-hmm. that were um reflective of the African diaspora. Mm -hmm. So that was like my whole thing. And originally it was going to be just the kids like betting, Mm -hmm. but then the quilt jackets and I was like, hold on now. Right, right. 
So that was like my two products for a while. And I just launched like separates last year, at the end of last year. Like, wow. Nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, last year was the first time I did like separate pieces. Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, the Congrats. kids line kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, took off a little bit and I'm yeah. still like growing it, but um, I received a lot of press early on and um, mm-hmm. I was in Bloomingdale's, mm-hmm. uh, like, like I had a whole section there and I'm looking to get into bigger retailers and have more presence. So yeah, yeah. mine is my baby. <laughs> awesome. No, I love it because I mean, most of what your business has had, like where you've pivoted and, and taken leaps, it's just been from like inspiration, just from looking at stuff and allowing yourself the space to be creative and to just be inspired and not, I love how you don't spend a whole lot of time. Like, how is this going to work? I don't know if it's going to work. What do the numbers look like? You're like, <laughs> I, I got a quilt for baby Z and I love it. And I want to be able to sell this. So how am I going to do this? And even, I remember you telling me a couple of years ago, just in your sketches, how you used to sketch years ago and then just started doing it again, but you're not using it. I like, you're literally using a sketch pad. Yeah, I'm old school. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm not, I don't do it. I don't know how to do Adobe Illustrator, none of that. Right. I right. legit draw the imagery and then I have a digital, like a person who converts it to digital. Right. But yeah, it's like art. And I literally, it just comes, like you said, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't look at the, they like, how's this going to make sense if I do this? I'm like, right. I'm a, I'm a creator and I want to sell, which is probably not the best way. <laughs> but that's okay. This. Cause you figured out how to make it work, right? Like you, you follow yeah. your strengths and do what you love and do what you do and then get support right. on the other side of it. Right. So you are, you sketch by hand and you don't need to learn how to do Adobe because you can find somebody who you found somebody who right. converts your handwritten sketches into a digital pattern and then found someone to print it onto or a business to print it onto the cloth. Right. Right. And, and that happened or organic conversation. And someone's mm-hmm. like, oh, I know a production, a facility that can, they do this print. And I was like, Oh my God, this is perfect. And so right. everything right. I'm all about organic with everything that I do, it's never going to be, um, not super calculated. Like, I mean, obviously you put yourself in places to meet certain people and things like that, but mm-hmm. For the most part, most relationships for me is like really organic, like really just yeah. kind of like, oh my God, this is cool. Thank you for the introduction. And that's how I like right. to roll, like in terms right. of business. Yeah, yeah, I like that too. And then just thinking too, like some so many people are, are afraid to share their idea because we're in this world where people think that everyone's going to steal your idea and they're going to, you know, I'm going to have to get an attorney involved and sue somebody, right? But I bet that if you didn't share your ideas, you wouldn't have made half the connections that you made, right? Because- I want to sketch. You had to tell somebody that you needed to convert it to a digital format. Otherwise you wouldn't have found that person, you know, and then just saying like, I want to be able to print. And then someone from that conversation said, Oh, I got, I got something for you. So, right. And that's the thing too. I know a lot of people and it's hard because of social media, there are a lot of copycats. There are people who do still, there's people who've stolen my designs. I've seen it mm-hmm. like literally use my pictures, like disrespectful. Wow. Yeah. But as a designer, I, you, you try not to take it personal. I mean, it's hard not to take personal, but you can't take it personal because when you're a true creator, the thing about being a creator is I'm always going to come out with some new, new, like it's mm-hmm. always going to be, mm-hmm. I have so many more designs where that came from. Right. Um, but then also you do want to protect yourself in certain ways. Like you do need a lawyer for certain mm-hmm. for certain instances mm-hmm. to get those trademarks or copyrights or whatever you need right. to get. But um, you definitely can't be afraid. And I know there are people who are like, 
you know, they hold their work tight. Like I'm not, but then I'm like, how are people going to ever see it? And yeah, you right. have those copycatters, but when you're the originator, you're going to shine no matter what, because that's right. you you created it. And right. then, and, and being an originator, you're going to have more designs that are on that level, if not better. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yep. I was never pressed off, off that, of like telling people designs. And when I see it, I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Unless I just yeah. Go ahead. No, I said, unless it's like a direct, like if somebody legit have my exact same drawing, drawing, then we're going to court. Like I'm not playing oh, yeah. those games, but 100%. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Cause there are even large companies who steal from small designs all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not cool. And you get pissed. Cause it's like, damn, I put all this work and effort, but right. you just got to know that, you know, you're the originator and you're always going to create new, new work and right. people are going to steal. Like this is a copycat world. Like straight mm-hmm. up, like there's a lot of things duplicated, a lot of, you know, so quote unquote inspiration, but not really inspiration, right. but really right. <laughs> right. And you, and just, and, and when you're an original person and you're going to create original work, just like, I don't know. It's like a sense of like, I don't, I don't care what y'all doing over there. Yes. I know I'm going to create some new stuff no matter what. So. I think that's perfect. I mean, you do want to set yourself up to be protected, right? But at the same time, yeah. when something adverse happens, you cannot let it stop you in your tracks. You have to keep moving no. and then having that trust and remembering that you are the creator, the originator of whatever someone else borrowed for inspiration. Um, I just did a workshop a couple of weeks ago with my business membership community because Traditional, when you're thinking about like your market and your products and how to get it out there, traditional education will say, well, look at your competitors, right? And what are they doing and how do you want to be different? And I don't think that that's necessarily the best advice. I think it it really pays off to like look inside and decide how you want to be, who you want to be, what your product, how you want your product to be. Because after you look at everybody else, then they tell you to look at yourself anyway. So why not just start with yourself and like gain the confidence of what you're doing and then maybe, you know, look at what else is going on. But like, you are the secret sauce. You yeah, I, I 100% agree. And that's how I started. Legit, I did not look at any competitor. I was like, I know what I like and I know what I think is dope. And that's mm-hmm. what I'm going to put out into the world. And as I've gotten bigger, it's crazy though. As I get bigger though, I do look at competitors because now you're, as you as you get bigger, you start operating on a bigger playing field. Mm-hmm. So you want to know like, what is what are certain stores looking for? What is the trend? I never used right. to look at trends until, and to be honest, until I started making kids clothing. Uh-huh. Not, never mm-hmm. for jewelry. Like, I didn't care. Mm-hmm. But like kids clothing is like, it's different. Fashion clothing and jewelry is, is different. Mm-hmm. Fashion, you mm-hmm. kind of got to be more on trend to a certain mm-hmm. extent. But I don't believe in trends per se. So right. I'm still going to do what I want, but you do need to be aware to a certain extent. But I agree. Starting off, it was just like, I'm going to look at me and what I, mm-hmm. and what I think is amazing. And then, of course, you start getting validation from people buying your stuff and wearing and complimenting and leaving these amazing reviews. And then you're like, right. oh, okay, my stuff is dope. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So people wanted to find your items locally in Oakland. Where can they, or the Bay Area? Well, let's do Oakland, because I know you got a few yeah. shops that you're retailing in in Oakland and even your own storefront. So where can they yeah, find you? I have a store. Well, <laughs> storefront because it's not really open for a storefront but okay. it's a studio it's a but you can but you can email me and make an appointment if you wanted to mm-hmm. come shop at my studio that I'm here now um and that's in downtown Oakland on 386 17th street also I'm in Sweet July which is on Aisha Curry's store she has a lot of my 
Kids line, as well as some jewelry there at her location. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, I'm trying to remember. I think that's Alice on Brand, I think. I used to, yeah, they used mm-hmm. to carry a lot of my greeting cards. I don't know if they still have stuff, but yeah, they used to have some stuff. San Francisco, I'm like forgetting all my stores. Like, I know I have stores <laughs> in San Francisco, and I'm legit forgetting. Sorry. Anyways, if you go to my website, I there click we go. on Stockist, <laughs> and you'll find where I'm carried at. Because, um, you know, it's like so many states throughout the United States. And yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Including the uh, history of African-American. Af- I'm messing that up. The Smithsonian. <laughs> I yeah. get the name wrong. I know. The Smithsonian, <laughs> the, the Smithsonian National Museum of African-American History and Culture. <laughs> I knew African-American history was at the end instead of at the beginning right. where I was trying to put it. Good deal. Right. And, and yeah, and they... If they want to connect with you on Instagram and check out what you've got going on, how do they find you? Yeah, my Instagram is candid underscore art or candid kids. And my website is candidartaccessories.com. Love it. it. If you could give one last piece of advice for entrepreneurs who are coming after you, what would it be? Use other people's capital. Things that I would have done differently, I would have taken, like, like utilize, well, now there's definitely more resources for funding for businesses, mm-hmm. I will say, and utilize those funds, leave business loans, get a business loan, like, that makes sense for you to be paying back, and you can, and can mm-hmm. do it, because to be honest, I feel like I was, a, there was a lot of things that I shortcut throughout my business, because I didn't have the funding to mm-hmm to pay for up front and I wish and had I had like a big loan up front I feel like a lot of things would have been further along and more advanced because I would have just mm-hmm. paid for marketing up front I would have paid for right. certain services um up front because you have the money to do so mm-hmm. um and it's just you know you, you start building your business credit so yeah I definitely recommend uh building like getting capital take I, I it's like I'm actually saying like get a business loan like it, yeah. to me it I mean, that because if, you, if you're self-funded, I mean, unless you have like crazy amount of money, but mm-hmm. if you're self-funded, it's just, you're going to find yourself like, like you're going to be doing shortcuts throughout your business because mm-hmm. you're using your own money versus using someone else's money. So. Right. Got it. I think that's good advice. I mean, we're, we're taught personally not to go into debt. Don't use credit cards, things like that. You know, there's a stigma about having to borrow money. And I think also in the black community, um, there's a real sense of like, you got to make it work. And, you know, if you borrow someone's money that doesn't work, or at least maybe that's how I feel if I borrow someone's money that doesn't work, right? There's that pressure, but like, get over that. Like every business that has been successful has needed an influx of capital somewhere, some way, somehow. So don't be afraid to do that to uh, every fund your Yeah, every large company has has funding. And you're right, Black community, we do, because that's why I didn't take a business loan out for Mm -hmm. years, because it was always, but dispel that myth, get Mm -hmm. that money (laughs) so that your business, so that you can invest more into your business and that it can grow faster and go further. Absolutely. I love it. Candace, thank you so much for joining me on Transcend the Podcast. You've been a delight. It's so lovely. We keep trying to meet up y'all in person and it just doesn't work because I'm never in the same space for more than three weeks at a time, it seems like. But uh, thank you, Candace, so much for joining me on the podcast. Thank you, Asha, for having me. It was, you know, so much fun. (laughs) So much fun as always. (laughs) Definitely. All right, y'all, stay tuned for uh, next week's episode. Talk to you later. (laughs) Bye. 
Hey family, I am so thankful that you are here listening to Transcend the Podcast, and I just want to make sure you know the best way to stay in contact with me, and that's through joining my email newsletter. So please head on over to the wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter and join the list. I will tell you everything over there from what my offerings are to bits and pieces of information about how to grow and scale your business to self-coaching all the way to giving you updates on what the new podcast episode is. So don't hesitate. Go do it now. The wilkersonlawoffice.com slash newsletter. Thanks.